Blog Talk Radio. Hello, friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, and anyone else listening. This is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host on this episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Lone Star Content Marketing in Denton, Texas. This show is brought to you in part by Members' Choice Federal Credit Union in Denton, Texas, on Unicorn Lake Boulevard. You may be eligible to join Members' Choice if you live, work, worship, or attend school in Denton or Argyle, Texas. I join Members' Choice because they're locally owned and operated and offer a level of personal service I otherwise cannot find. I want to remind everybody listening to our programs to be so kind as to share the episodes in your social media pages when you see something you'd like to share. All of our podcast channels and programs are available on our website located at www.lonestarcontentmarketing.com. You can also find our shows on the Log Talk Radio Facebook page. This is episode number 32 in the series called Building Your Law Practice with Jim Thompson and Nick Augustine. Today's title is Budgets and Law Firm Marketing and Business Development. I want to ask the question, why is it that lawyers are so bad at running their firms like successful businesses? One of the major flaws in the business of law is taking all the net proceeds and zeroing out at the end of the year without making a budget, keeping a reserve. Uh, many say that 5% of projected annual receipts should be allocated for annual advertising, marketing, and publicity efforts. So we're going to talk to Jim today, share some ideas and tips on how to run a law firm more like a business and get those marketing budgets lined up. Referrals are what we're really going for here, and this is why we're talking about marketing and budgets, uh, because referrals, as we all know, are the lifeblood of any business, especially for lawyers. And so we're always asking you know, the question, why is it the lawyers are not getting the referrals they need to grow the practice? This has been the subject of the series and is the subject of a book that Jim Thompson wrote titled, Why Attorneys Fail to Get the Referrals They Deserve and Need to Grow Their Practice and What They Can Do About It. Jim is going to share with us an email where anyone listening can send him an email request for a PDF copy of that book. Uh, Jim Thompson, for any of you who didn't know him, he's a retired lawyer who's well known for helping attorneys get on track to earning more clients through really simple and cost-effective activities. Again, he's the author of Why Lawyers Fail to Get the Referrals and What They Can Do About It. It's a good read. I'm Nick Augustine, and my firm, Lone Star Content Marketing, works with lawyers and small business owners to share tips and stories about their practice areas as we write their blog content, manage their social media, produce internet radio podcasts, TV interviews, newspaper content, and all our newsletter content, and all sorts of other good stuff. Um, as a disclaimer, this is a general information program, and any advice on this show does not constitute legal advice. Communication with attorneys among guests and callers cannot give rise to attorney-client relationships. And if anybody has any questions, they should certainly consult with an attorney in their area. All rights of this broadcast are reserved, of course. All right, moving forward, uh, time to, again, talk about creating a budget, sticking to a budget, but really just being vigilant in doing this. And again, remembering that, you know, hey, it's okay they didn't teach us all this in law school, but, you know, we have a, let's want to think about, you know, some of the personal injury attorneys out there. We get a big settlement, everyone, the idea is split it, you know, it's almost like take the money and run. Well, let's carve out money 
and put it in that budget. And this is what we're talking about today. My my suggestion is this, and I'll turn this over to Jim. But my idea is 5% a year. Uh, take last year's gross receipts, look at the taxes. If you do a quarterly you know, tax filing, as everyone's supposed to, you'll look at that and see where the averages are and take 5% of that, allocate that every year for, for marketing, advertising, and revenue. Have that budget. And then when vendors come crawling at the door, you look at what you have in the budget, take a little bit of what they have to say, maybe put it in for next year, but have an idea of what we're spending, how we're spending it, and be a little more educated and a little more professional about it than doing the monkey see, monkey do, you know, wherein, you know, Jim in the office next to John spends X amount of money with, you know, local uh, vendor named Y, but... Why are they spending that amount of money? We're not really sure. We're not tracking it. We don't know if it's really even doing anything. So really it's about time to step it up and take a more educated and more sophisticated look at budgeting. Jim, let's hear your thoughts. Well, Nick, how you doing? Um, yeah, I, I, you know what? We we were talking earlier. I just want to lay one thing out real quick. And, and we kind of talked earlier before we, we did the program and you brought up, you know, marketing. Most uh, most people see marketing as an expense, and they don't get the idea that marketing is really an investment. That's one of the mindsets you got to start to change. Okay, marketing is an investment; it is not an expense. Having said that, let's go into the budget aspect, and and. One of the reasons that we wanted to talk about budgeting with with this program, and, and I don't know whether some of you may or may not have taken a look at the last couple of weeks, but we hit October 1st. And for those who may or may not realize what October 1st was, it was the beginning of the fourth quarter. So we are, are basically in the home stretch of, of this 2014, and if you're like me, I have no clue as to where the first three quarters went. Yes, I do, but I really don't. They just have gone by uh, so darn quickly that it, it just blew my mind, and, and quite frankly, um, I kind of miss the October 1st date. One of my coaches called me up and kind of asked me the same question. Do you know what no, actually, it was the day after October 1st, and they go, do you know what yesterday was? And I go, mm, I don't know. I'm, you know, It was October 1st, and I went, so what? And then all of a sudden, it hit me, as it does every year. It hits me. You know, we, we, we get into the last quarter of the year, and, and, and it seems like, too, besides vacations and other time, the last quarter of the year is when we lose so many different opportunities we've got christmas and that whole period of time we've got thanksgiving so we we really are are short-circuited in in the last quarter of the year so if we haven't done well the first three quarters we really have got to to really start busting out and and and, and getting down to to what we're going to do uh in this this fourth quarter which brings me back to budgeting and um we want to look at it in two ways right now Yes, we want to we want to budget for next year. Okay, we got to start thinking about what we're going to do with our our income for next year, and we're going to get into that in a lot more detail. But we also want to take a look at from now until the end of the year, what are we going to to budget towards our marketing? So if we start budgeting right now, then hopefully 
we're, what we're planning and what we're doing is going to carry over into 2015 and, and you know, starting out the year with a budget in mind. And, you know, there's a couple of things that you got to understand about budgeting. And uh, and I'll, I'll be totally honest with everyone. I never, when I was practicing law, never thought about budgeting. It was always, like Nick said, kind of by the seat of my pants. I had a few dollars, so I'd do it here. A few dollars, I'd do it there. And, you know, didn't didn't track, didn't do all the things I preach uh, uh, these days because, quite frankly, I didn't even know about it, didn't even think about it. And now with the Internet and all the experts out there telling us all the things to do, and I want to share again, what what I share with, with the people on this program and, and with my clients is, is not stuff that, that Jim Thompson's so smart about. It's just stuff that he has been um, very fortunate to come across some of the real experts, both in the legal marketing aspect and, you know, the, the general business marketing, uh, if you will. And quite frankly, as I've said before many times, don't just listen to legal marketers. Listen to the, the small business marketing gurus uh, that are out there that, that come out with all kinds of great information. And uh, if anybody would certainly want to, to to know some of these folks, I'd be glad to share it with you if you'd send me an email, which we'll talk about at the end of, or close to the end of the program. Budgeting. You know, first of all, I would bet that probably 95% of the law firms I work with, and they're primarily the small law firms, the solos, and maybe up to uh, 10 lawyers in a firm, which is what I consider small. I know that's not what other folks consider small, but that, that's that's the kind of the core group for me. I would bet you that 95% of those law firms and solos do not even think about budgeting. They They, they get some money in, and they spend the money and it goes out. They get some money in and the money goes out. And they they look at it, you know, at the end of the month or the first of the month, whenever they have to make their, their payments, they know, okay, we've got a rent payment of X dollars. We've got a telephone bill we've got to pay. We've got to pay um, our secretaries. We've got certain fixed costs that we know every month we have got to make before we take any money home for ourselves. So how it usually goes is, and I'm just going to use a wild example, we made $10,000 this month, it's the end of the month, and okay, um, I've got $5,000 that I've got to pay out to the, the fixed expenses that I know about. And so good, I've got $5,000 to, to take home uh, to last me next month last me through the month because I paid my bills for that month and I got $5,000. And very seldom do we ever sit back and go, well, you know, let's see, what else can I spend this money on? And the one thing that never thought about is marketing and how much to budget for marketing because we have never been taught that in law school. We haven't, it hasn't been built, drilled into our heads that you've got to sit down and understand what money's coming in, where it's going, and, and I'm talking about the discretionary money that you have, and what am I getting in return for what I'm spending? What's your return on investment? So we got a couple of things that we really need to be, be aware of, and that is, okay, did you want to pick a figure? And, and, and I can't do that. And I'll have clients say, well, Jim, tell me, tell me should I spend – and Nick mentioned the figure of 
and most of my clients will sit there and go, well, tell me, should I, should I set aside 5%, 10%, 20 what, 20%, what do you think we should do? And, and I, I have to sit down and say, you know, there's no magic number that I can give you because there's this number of factors that, that will go into that. And one of the factors that goes into it is how long have you been in practice? Because what we're talking about when we talk about marketing is two factors that go into it primarily, your time and your money. And when you've just started out in practice, uh, unless you got really lucky and got out of law school and opened and hung out your shingle and, and, and had a ton of money come in all of a sudden, those are your lean years. You know, you don't have a lot of money to spend on your marketing, but you have a lot of time. So you need to take a look and say, okay, do I have three hours, four hours, five hours a day that I can be out marketing? Or I got really lucky and uh, I, I got a lot of money in, so now I don't have to spend the time. I can spend money on marketing you know, pay vendors, pay other people to do my marketing. But that's the first thing you've got to look at. And you've got to be very, very um, specific as to where you are in your cycle of practice. So that if you, if you just, like I said, open the doors today, um, you don't have any clients. So you basically have eight hours a day that you can go out and market. Okay, as you start to get clients, you obviously will have seven hours a day. You'll obviously have six hours a day and, and so forth. So the longer you're in practice, generally you're going to have less time to market and more money to use for marketing. And again, so when I sit down with a client and we'll, we'll go into it in depth about what they're, what they're doing right now as far as marketing is concerned. And, and quite frankly, again, um, I find that the majority of, people that, that come on board with me when we have our first interview are really not sure what they're doing marketing-wise. They've heard, well, you know, I, I need the blog. I need, a, I need a, um, a website. I need this. I need this. I need to go to networking events. And they, they've, they've, they've got a whole bunch of different ideas all being thrown at them at once by people like me and other vendors who, who want to <laughs> sell them services. Yeah. One, thing, uh, so, you know, one thing that I suggest to people is, um, it's a little bit of advice, start with something. Do, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I get this response whenever I go to talk to a group about doing your own internet marketing and adopting some of these things. Like, they, everyone hears, you know, time and time again what they need, what they need. They don't often hear how to do it or what to do. And one thing I'll tell people is pick something you know you'll a, you can handle doing it. B, you know you're going to do it. Start with that. And uh, do that, do that, do that. And then add something to it. But you have to build this habit of uh, making time and giving yourself time to do this up front. You know, and at, and at some point, like, it will become a habit that becomes part of your budget. So it's habitual to budget for an outsourced firm to to handle some of that. But even then, even then, it's important to remember that um, you still need to have your head in the game on that because even if you're outsourcing this, you still have to have eyes on what the content is and what generally what's going on. So, you know, start. I think sometimes people get overwhelmed, Jim, because there's so much that they're supposed to be doing, so they do nothing. It's kind of like having your desk when you have all the files and 
there's a pro- everything's problematic, you know. So, you know, it's I yeah, think it's easy to just do nothing. <laughs> I understand that. Well, yeah, uh, just taking a plunge. Yeah, you know, and 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 you kind of touched on something that's that's really important, especially for new folks um, coming into to starting their own practice or even been in practice for a little bit. Is to to what should we do? They they get into this. Um, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis. I guess they they got so many things that are being suggested or thrown at them, and they got this salesman coming in and said, you need to be on this, and this salesman saying, you need to blog, and this salesman saying, you need to do video, and, you know, and they got all these things. Forget about the money that's going to cost them. They've got all these things coming at them, and, and where do they land? Where, where do they go, okay, uh, I'm going to pick this one. I'm going to pick... I'm just going to use an example. I'm going to pick blogging for next month. I'm going to blog next month. Well, okay, so here's what happens. The lawyer goes out and he does his own blogs, which is good. He's got the time to do the blogs. I will talk about hiring somebody in a minute. But he does it for a month, and he goes, you know, I don't know whether that's working or not. And why doesn't he know whether that's working? Because he's never asked the client that comes in, well, how did you hear about me? What brought you to my law office? So the next month, he tries something new. Somebody says, you know, somebody said it's really good to get on LinkedIn. And you got to get on LinkedIn, and you got to do this, 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 and this. Oh, so I'll try that for a month, and we'll see if that works. Well, the problem is you're never going to be able to tell whether it works in a month, but you're also never going to be able to tell unless you track what you're doing. One of the things that especially new lawyers, they, they get into and they, they, they've got, and I totally understand this from some of the clients I have, you know, they get out of law school, they can't find a job, they were expecting to get a nice paycheck to pay back the student loans and, and you know, buy a car and buy a house and all the nice things that everybody in their class that graduated from college was able to do. And they spent three years in law school and now they're coming out and they're another hundred and fifty, two $200,000 in debt and they're either further behind the eight ball. So now they got to think, okay, now i got, now I got, to, I got to do something. What do I do? Well, I'm going to sit in my office and I'm going to talk to a bunch of people. Well, who are you going to talk to? How have you even met these people? One of the things that, that when I start with, with younger lawyers and newer lawyers, and it's not necessarily age-wise, is you've got to go out, and, and I preached this before in, in some of the things, in, in network, okay? Now, networking has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people, and I don't have related time. I think we've talked a lot about networking in, in previous programs, but you got to go out and, and, and meet people. You are not going to get any business whatsoever by sitting in your office hoping the phone is going to ring. You have got to get out. Make yourself known. Make yourself available. Get on committees. All the things that we've talked about so many times before, but you've got to get out there and, and, and let people know that you're a lawyer and what you do. Now, what you do is very important because you have to pick, pick, and I know when I talk to, to the newer lawyers, and unless they've come out of a firm where they've kind of specialized, <clears throat> they're all over the place. <clears throat> we have a, excuse me, a uh, term for it, we call it the door law group, because they're doing anything that comes down the pike. Well, you can't do that for a number of reasons. One of the biggest reasons is ethically and malpractice-wise. But Start to begin focusing on what you want to do because 
once you do that, then you can tell people you meet that, you know, I do um, divorce law, I do family law, I do domestic relations, I do immigration law, I do, you know, I saw a, a website the other day that somebody asked me to look at, the young lady had been out of, I think, in practice about two months, and my God, she does everything including medical malpractice. And I'm going, ooh, ooh, that's a that's a real problem waiting to happen when she's got everything covered in her on her website. So some person sold her a bill of goods to, as far as developing her website, and I sure it wasn't somebody that did legal websites and just said, hey, you got to have all this stuff on. So people will come and you know then then you can decide what you want to do. Well, you're just going to because people look at that and go, two months, three months in practice, and she's doing all these things. Not the lawyer for mm-hmm. me. So you got to take that into consideration. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and I'm going to go back and, and talk a little bit because we've talked about it quite a bit and I'm just going to barely touch again is referrals so uh, I, I get this from lawyers Jim you know I, I just I just I just got out of law school gee I don't know anybody that can refer me well let's start and let's think about this you went to high school right have you let all your high school friends and buddies know that you are now a lawyer now you went to college, right? And you're probably in a fraternity or sorority or some social clubs or whatever. And have you let those people know in college that you were buddies with that you are now a lawyer? Now remembering this too, if every person that you touch that you make contact with, that's a potential 250 other people that they may know. So just because you're sending a notice out or making a phone call to John, who was one of your buddies in high school, to to say, hey, let's go have coffee, or or or, or whatever you're going to do as far as meeting them, you got to remember, John may not be able to help you, but he may have 250 of his new friends. He may have gone to another college. Maybe he's gone to six different colleges before he graduated. He may have friends all over the place. This is what you've got to understand, that just by meeting uh, one person, that can open the doors to, say, 250-plus other people. So we talked about high school. We talked about college. Let's talk about going and, and keeping in touch to, with, with your friends you went to law school with. Well, well Jim, you know, they're, they're working for a big firm down in the city, and they're not going to have anything to do with me. Well, here's one of the things that, that, that happens in big law firms. They are so big that they have all kinds of conflicts of interest. And... You know, say that uh, that it's a divorce firm, okay? And, uh, you know, they get a little minor divorce. Some of these big divorce firms, you know, they're only going to handle the, the huge divorce cases. Uh, you know, they make it known, you know, we're, we handle the high-income, high-net-worth divorce-type uh, situations. So maybe you do divorce, and maybe one of your buddies that you were in high school with is an associate at this firm, and they have a conflict or they don't want to handle the case, and your buddy who's over in that law firm says, well, gee, I got, I got a friend of mine who's just opened his law office a few months ago. Would you mind if I refer this case out to him? Probably not. Okay, so just because they're working for a big law firm doesn't mean that you do not connect with them. So those those right. are three sources. Go ahead. Here's another here's another thing too. Um, and I experienced this. I mean, I'm I'm far beyond. I don't know what am I? Twelve years out of law school. Yikes. Um, but I remember right when a few of my friends worked at big insurance defense firms, and. You know, they plan, I'm going to make a bunch of money here, and then I'm going to go out on my own and go back to the suburbs and whatever they're going to do. And it's it's true. A lot of those people did go into those big firms, 
uh, they're there for a little while, and then they move on, and then they're they're out there with their uh, hanging their own shingle in a matter of years anyhow. Um, you know, so forming those alliances, um, even sometimes it's kind of like I talk about the the most unlikely networking events are the ones where you find the the most profitable relationships. Um, you know, I think that we're when we look at what we're talking about today with budgeting, networking, and relationships, and all this, we tend to get so tunnel vision and thinking that we know how it all is going to work, we know how it's going to play out. And uh, that's a really arrogant and you know, bad idea um, because we're assume, we're, when we make all these assumptions, I mean, you know what you say when you assume, but it's true with a lot of these things. Um, so, you know, again, if, it, if, you, if you have a, an idea comes across your desk or across, you know, during the day as you're driving home from work or something, go with it um, because there's no good reason not to. Yeah, and and we're getting you know we're going to run out of time. We've been gone kind of. All of a sudden, I looked at the clock and I go, "Geez, where's the time go?" But I want to really get down into to, to the meat right. now of budgeting and what you really need to sit down and do is is mm-hmm. in your practice whatever you're doing in your practice. Try to think back what you have you been doing marketing wise. Okay, so if you if you've got a website and if you are doing this or whatever you're doing, start taking stock in what you're doing from now until the end of the year. Okay, look at look at what your website's doing. Make sure you're tracking that. If you're blogging, make sure that when you're talking to somebody who's a new client, find out how they got to you. Start tracking. If you don't do anything else from now until the end of the year, track every client that comes into your office and why they came to your office. Because without get tracking, their email. you're not... Yeah, well, you're never you're never gonna know what to do. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing: put the put it in the in the engagement agreement. Um, we accept email addresses from clients because we send them information about things we're doing at the law firm. Boom, you know, send them the email. Hey, come on to our Facebook page, like us there. You know, start this habit of communicating with clients. Um, you know, most people they're, they're the best source of referrals. Keep them happy. Be good. I, but, I won't I won't cut in more. Go ahead, Jim. But but then again. Now you started tracking it. So now you know maybe coming into the first quarter of next year, you've got a pretty good idea of what you want to do. You may not have even spent any money doing it. I mean, you may have spent money putting up a website. You don't spend any money blogging. You know, you don't spend a lot of money going to LinkedIn or to networking events and that type of thing. That's fine. That's good for the lawyers who are just starting out. Now, Find out where your clients are coming from, and then you can turn around and say, okay, now I know where they're coming from. I can think about what I want to do as far as spending money to reach more of the same type of people, to do more of the same type of thing. Now, having said that, should you spend 5% of your gross, 10% of your gross? And and here's what I would tell you to do. Unless you've been in a practice for a while and you you have a pretty good idea what your your average um, monthly income is, you're probably not going to know what you can spend. But I would say, and this would just be a rough guesstimate, at the end of each month, let's just say, again, you you, you start out in practice and this month you made $5,000, okay? I would take... 10% 10% of that, that's only $500. And you're going, oh, that's only $500. That's a car note and other things. Yes, but here's the problem. If you don't if you don't take that money out, next month's going to be leaner because you haven't done anything to bring in more clients. So start mm-hmm. out with a, a, a regimen, 
okay? If, if, if you're taking 10% out, and, and I, w I would encourage you to do everything you could to take at least $500 a month, and, and that's why I use the figure 5000 with $500 a month can get you a lot. And, and, and Jim, and, here, here's the thing too. Even if you don't know what you're going to spend that on, you may get uh, information about a local event that's coming up that's got a $500 sponsorship level that everyone in town is going to see. Boom, you got that money, boom, get it done. Yeah, and I'm not saying, and, and Nick's right, I'm not saying we'll take $500 and blow it just because you got it in the bank. But set up set up a separate account in your bank, if you will, and say, this is my marketing account or whatever, so that you're putting that money in there. And, and like Nick said, something comes up for $500, boom, you, you can go to a seminar for $250. You can... Uh, uh, Nick comes along and, and says, "You yeah, listen, I can do blogs for you once a month or tw twice a month, and let's sit down and work out something. Then you've got that money in the bank. Now, here's the problem, and this is the real problem that most small, younger lawyers, solos, and even, even guys that have been, you know, I made $10,000 this month. Guess what? By the time I took some money out for myself, I had all these bills for last month I didn't get around to paying, so I paid all those yeah. bills. So I don't, I don't have that $500 for marketing. Well, guess what? This coming month, you're not going to have the clients. So therefore, you're going further in the hole. So next month, you may have a good month, but now you've got to pay for this month that you didn't do your marketing to get more clients. This is the one thing I think that most small business owners and most lawyers um, and I, I, don't get. They don't get that they've got to have a steady flow of marketing and it may be that, okay, this month they do this and they spend this amount. Maybe it only costs them $250 and they still got $250 in the bank from last month. So they put another $500 in, in, the, in, in, in their account. Because if you don't put it in a separate account, you're going to spend it. I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, if, you, if I gave you $100 and told you to go out and have lunch today, you'd come back and say, geez, I had lunch and I did this and I bought this new suit and a new tie. You can't get a super $100. I bought a new tie, you know. Well, how much do you have left? I think I got 45 cents left. Well, you should have taken 60% of that uh, or $60 and $100, put it in the bank. You would have had some money left over. Don't do it. Right. Make sure that you have started a marketing fund. I mean, then you can turn around and you go, okay, can I go on like constant contact and send out, you know, emails? Um, it, can it, I it really do my own? It doesn't, it, I always think it doesn't feel like you're spending money when it's in a separate account that's already pre-allocated because <laughs> just like anything else we're saving, the money's gone, you know. Not really. You're not pulling it out of your uh, your operating. You know that that way you keep the operating money in the operating thing. You're not taking from your operating capital to do the marketing. Just it's separated out. Jim can help anyone with all these things. Um, you know I'm happy to talk to people. It's just it's just good business sense. And even if we've tried it a million times and we've failed, keep. So like I tell people, you know, about people who are trying to quit smoking, just try again. Keep on trying again. You know. Um, you know, marketing, it's all building habits. Um, Jim, we're out of time, but uh, you want to give the folks at home again that email where they can request a copy of your book? Yeah, it's and it's amazing how fast time goes when we're talking stuff like this. It's J-E-T, Jet, at lawyersmarketingresource.com. And if you send me an email, I can send you a lot more stuff on, on budgeting and things of that nature. It's just half hour just seems to fly on by. 
That's right. It sure does. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Law Talk Radio, again, produced by Lone Star Content Marketing in Denton, Texas, and brought to you all in part by Members' Choice Federal Credit Union. Thank you again, Jim, and uh, we'll be back next uh, Monday at noon with another show in the Building Your Law Firm series. And also do look for our uh, updates with other shows in substantive practice areas as we uh, have those from time to time and are increasing, getting back to doing that as well. All right. So, um, Jim, I want to thank you again for your time, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, everyone. Have a great week. All right. Bye-bye now.